Today, we welcome Mary to the podcast. She is a friend of ours and a huge fan of Lauren Sparter. Mary is a mother of two who is just trying to figure out the executive functioning of schooling both her kids at home. She's made the choice to homeschool her kids for the next year, and today we chat with her about all the things, including how to physically organize their home to promote productive learning, scheduling, curriculum, emails, and so much more. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 120 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. And today we're welcoming Mary to the podcast, and we're so excited to have you, Mary. I feel like this one's a long time coming because uh-huh. out of everybody in our lives, the one who texts us the most about <laughs> ideas for podcast episodes is you. But what was amazing is we sat down a few days ago. We were like brainstorming ideas and looking over our list of episodes that we could do. And we got a text from you. Yep. Literally saying, you guys need to do an episode about this. And so we started writing the episode and I go, hold on a second. Yeah. Mary, why don't you just come on? (laughs) (laughs) So here we are. Well, I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to get this taken care of. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So Mary, catch everybody up to speed on what's been going on. So I think I can speak on behalf of parents everywhere that kids at home and homeschooling caused a lot more wine nights (laughs) and a lot of chocolate consumption and whatever your poison of choice was actually got ramped up. And this is because of distance learning. This is because of distance learning, not for anything other than that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Having kids at home and working from home with distance learning has been a challenge. And I think a lot of people can say it didn't go awesome. Because one, we're not teachers. And two, kids are, you know, fun and nuts at the same time. They are. Yeah. And you guys weren't getting a break and parents had to become teachers and taskmasters overnight. It was mostly like, what can I put in the air fryer for lunch right now? Right. It was just surviving. Yes. And we weren't doing schooling at home, obviously, but I remember the feeling it was probably like mid-May and we're recording this in mid-August where I said, okay, I don't feel like I'm in survival mode for the first time, like we had our footing under us. We both knew what was going on, but that took a little bit of time. And I can only imagine it took longer if you were doing schooling at home too. It was kind of like we were all thrown into it. So we were trying to make the best of it. Right. The kids did well because kids are resilient, right? Right. Everyone had a circus in their home for a long time. (laughs) Yes. So tell us a little bit about your kids. Okay, so I have a, at the time she was a second grader, she's going into third grade, and she is my structured lady. She loves structure and loves to be the teacher's pet and loves to learn. And then on the flip side of that, I have a five-year-old who is not so insane, lots of energy, could not do any Zoom meetings, and he is entering kindergarten this year. 
He is, if you could do a scale of 100 for energy, he's like 110. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely busy. Mm-hmm. He moves a lot. Yeah. So we know that in the spring, it was a real struggle for you as a parent. And the kids were resilient, but they weren't getting enough. I remember Anne telling you that she wanted more. That's true. So when the summer happened and we saw that distance learning was going to continue, can you please tell everybody what decision you made so that everybody knows exactly where you are and what the fall is going to look like for you? Okay. Well, first, after the panic wore off, which it was panic, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And all the parents out there are like, I know what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm also a business owner. So I have a business that I have to run. My husband also runs a business. And we as a family decided, hey, I'm not going to be able to do this because it was such a circus. Wearing the hat of working and wearing the hat of being teacher, wearing all the different hats. And mom. And mom. The line between mom and all the other things got very blurry. So I decided to hire someone from the hours of nine to one to help me with the school part of it. And then I would remove myself so I could be mom, run a business, be boss, be whatever I needed to be besides being a wife, all the hats that you have to wear. But to eliminate myself, I actually basically fired myself is what I did. I know that that's a luxury that a lot of families don't have, but a lot of parents in our neighborhood are doing pods. I know that's the big thing right now is the term pod is trading off times with other parents so that they can do this. But I fired myself is basically what I did. Yeah. So you're doing a family pod is what I would call it. Family pod. Yes. That's the right term. Yes. So you've signed up for some curriculum that the person that you hired is going to help facilitate. And one of the things that we all talked about before recording this episode is some of the questions you have to help make distance learning a little bit smoother for not only the kids, but also for you and what's right, what's wrong. First of all, nothing is wrong, but what is going to be best for Anne and Joseph and you. As a starting off point. Exactly. Because... You have the luxury of being our friend, so <laughs> we're going to pivot with you and Thank you, God. iterate on this with you. Yeah. But it is important to say that this is a jumping off point because we're going to have to respond to what's happening with the two of them. Right. And every family kid is going to have a different, but if we can make just an outline, then I think parents will feel more in control of what's going to happen instead of like panic and pandemonium, Yeah, right? It's going to make everyone feel in control and the kids actually feel like someone's actually running the house. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) Instead of the kids running the house, running the show. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So you made us a list of questions. Let's go through those because I think that everyone will be able to relate to these questions. Totally. So the first question I have is physical space. What should the kid's physical space look like in your opinion? Okay, so the physical space needs to be somewhere quiet that isn't in their room. And I think it needs to be a place where there's enough space for them to work where they're not going to distract each other. We're talking clean open, not in their room space. In their rooms, they're going to have distractions. 
Mm-hmm. And in an open space, I'm thinking dining room table, something like that. But if you choose to do a dining room table, definitely put a cheap tablecloth over it. We know in particular they're not going to be having live Zoom sessions. But if you were a parent to have live Zoom sessions, it'd be really hard for both kids to be sitting at the same table without some sort of divider or something. Earphones, obviously. Yes, definitely headphones. And each kid should have their own device so that there's no fighting or feeling like one is better than the other or... Right. You know, oh, I need this for that assignment. They should be the same if at all possible. Okay. So then that brings like physical space with hardware. So we should have headphones, their own device. And I wish that I could take a picture of my dining room table right now. Because it's your business, right? It's become like the office, kids' homework. There's like an LOL doll. There's like chapstick. There's fake money. There's the learning resources, cash register. (laughs) Love that cash register. There's like model clay. So there's going to need to be a reset. Or do you have another space in your house that you think might be conducive? Because the other big question is... You know, you're going to have one teacher for the both of them. And we know for sure Joseph is going to need someone next to him Mm -hmm. and can probably be slightly more independent, but she still really wants that one-on-one teacher interaction. So they do need to be in sort of a setup that allows for the teacher to facilitate both of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many sales right now, especially like Target. Walmart they're having all those sales. I was thinking of getting a table that, you know, is adjustable, mm-hmm. but it's like a folding table or Costco. You can even get them. And so it, you can make it their height. I have one from Costco. But you can make the height lower so it would be their size. It's just finding the right chair then that works with the table. So what I would suggest is getting one of those wobbly chairs in particular for Joseph. Okay. Wobbly chairs for Joseph. I'm taking notes. So I have them in my office and they do a lot of good. Okay, perfect. There's a couple of different ones, but there's one on Amazon that's basically a stool and it's got a point on it that makes it so that you can sort of move back and forth without tipping over. And it just lets them like go in a circle and move their body because he's one of those kinesthetic learners. Mm -hmm. So him being able to move and have things to fidget with if he needs is going to be essential. Okay. So they're going to both have their devices that have a keyboard and have a little mouse Mm -hmm. that goes with it. Mm -hmm. We have two extra services. So they're the exact same. I used them for work. And we were going to expire them. But then distance learning happens. I know we're lucky to have those things for both the kids. Mm -hmm. But they're going to be using those. Perfect. But when I was a kid, my desk didn't have a computer because we didn't use computers. So I'm feeling like a little bit of a bigger space for them. They sell those desks, those little school desks. And they could each have a desk where they put stuff in their desk like they would at regular school. That's where their books live. Obviously not necessary, but if that's something that you think would work better for you guys, then yeah, absolutely. We have one, so maybe I'll consider getting another one. And then what about like a dry erase board? Definitely. If you can, I would get a bigger dry erase board that you can put the schedule on and all of that. And then I would get 
maybe smaller dry erase boards. Handheld ones, yes. Yep. The teacher can also use the big one or explain something on the little one. That's what she did last year with math problems. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so that's the physical space. Mm -hmm. And within the physical space, let's talk about supplies. I think you don't want to overwhelm them with the amount of supplies. We are always saying less is more. Teaches kids responsibility when they don't have a thousand pencils on their desk. They don't need a thousand pencils. We really like for kids their age, the thick pencils that form a grip, essentially. They're like a triangle. Talladega Night ones or whatever they're called. <laughs> the, Ticander- <laughs> the Ticonderoga ones. Ticonderoga. Yeah. The thick ones, my first pencil or something, those would be really great. And then I think they're Pentel, actually, the triangle ones that are mechanical. Yeah. And you only need to give them one or two that they need to be accountable for. They don't really need a pen at this age yet because they're still really young. An eraser, which comes along with the pencil. I'll also throw in every sort of supply that we're listing here. I'm writing it into the show notes as we speak, and we'll link everything with the things that we've recommended. So I think having to the side just for the teacher to be able to use, not necessarily in their physical space, but somewhere in the room, having the markers, the crayons, or the colored pencils. You might not want markers because that might be rough for Joseph, but Little guy scissors, construction paper, a stapler, things like that that they might want to use. Because I can see Anne, if she has several papers, she's going to want to organize it. Yeah. So I can see her wanting to staple her papers together and things like that. And so I think if you just have one like school supply zone. Yes, that doesn't live on their desk. I agree. Another thing that you're going to want is how are you going to physically organize their papers? Maybe you get one of those shelf thingies. Oh, yeah. Each kid can have one shelf, and then the teacher gets one shelf as well. Where at the end of the day, how do they clean up and reset for the next day? We want to make sure everything has a home. Okay, so... Anne is used to using a binder. Thank you very much. Episode, whatever that is. (laughs) And she's used to using for each subject. She knows what is accountable for the week that she needs to do. She prints that out. She's seven going on like 32. I feel like I'm going to have like a... Raising an ed therapist. Raising an ed therapist. (laughs) And she has her homework in the front that she's accountable for for the week. And then does it by subject and whatever her homework is, she three hole punches and puts in the beginning of the binder. Which I think you can use a binder if that's what she really, really wants. But this is going to be different because a lot of her assignments are going to have to be submitted virtually. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can take pictures of things and send them in if she really wants to. But also you can play around with it as you figure out what papers she'll actually have. Okay. So we need to talk about how important it is. Yes, there's a computer but how important their tactile still need to write things out. Like how important that is to not just type things on the computer and to be able to use pencils and markers and scissors and stuff like that. I would probably get the paper that's for the little guys with the dotted lines. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I would get them each a age appropriate like composition book 
so they can write stories and things. They'd have one for Joseph that has like a picture on top and like maybe two lines. Like a space for drawing and then. Exactly, exactly. And then for Anne, it's going to have more lines that are more age appropriate so she can write more. I think something like that is going to be helpful. Perfect. I mean, really, we already have all those things. Great. And I'm sure a lot of people have all those things too. I think it's maybe clearing the crap out, right? Yeah. And just saying, we're either going to reuse this and I'm going to get rid of the rest of the stuff. We're going to Marie Kondo mm-hmm. our physical space. Yeah. And just everything have a purpose. Yeah. And also have them be a part of we're clearing space because we're getting ready for school, make it exciting, make it fun. And together deciding where things are going to live in the new space that you're creating in your house. Yeah. And maybe have them come with me to Michael's or Target to pick out their divider and then I'll let them decorate it. Yeah. Super fun. Right. So have them be part of it. That's a good idea. It also takes some of the pressure off you, Mary. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to do all the things. So then that brings me to the dry erase board and their schedule. So this one kind of haunts me a little bit. Oh man, the schedule. We'll help you figure out what the schedule should look like. And they might be slightly different for both of them too, but you'll match up snack times and only for the sense that Joseph is not going to be able to do things as long as Anne is. Yeah. So it might be like writing time for her, but it's reading writing time for him. Something like that. Mm-hmm. So maybe the time blocks are the same for the two of them, but how many things they're responsible for in those periods of time is different. Okay. That's good to know. Cause I was thinking that's where a lot of parents get the hang up is like, okay, you know, Joseph's done after 10 minutes, but Anne still has 30 minutes left. Right. She can go longer. But remember, you have a teacher facilitating this. Mm-hmm. And one of the goals of his age is to be able to extend the amount of time that he's doing on non-preferred tasks. So he might start off with a 10-minute bandwidth, but you work with the teacher to say, I know he's at 10 minutes. Can we push him? to get comfortable with 12 minutes. And one of the things that I have written down to on this list, just so you know, the last thing I want to wrap up this conversation with is how the teacher is going to report back to you what's going on. So we'll definitely talk about that as well. But Steph, what do you suggest in terms of schedule? I think you have to put in there very specific times that you follow. Yes. It needs to be like at 10 o'clock, it's 20 minute recess. And go get a snack and you're starting at 1020. Exactly. And then you're going to have PE at, you know, 1130. Then you eat lunch after PE or whatever it looks like so that there's movement and eating happening because a little guy with a lot of energy is going to need a lot of that. So he might need to have an extra recess or something put in there that Anne doesn't have, or he can work on something online or watch an educational video or, you know, whatever it is to just break it up. And the teacher is going to have to help facilitate and figure out how long they need for each thing. And what time of day for each subject It is going to be different for the two of them. So it's not like they should both be doing math first thing in the morning. Maybe, maybe not. Okay. Why not start like that? 
There is a lot of research out there about having kids do math first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. And so I do like having kids start off with math, but the teacher needs to be responsive enough to what she's witnessing to say, I think Joseph needs to do another subject first thing and great. Let her facilitate that. You can give her sort of like the framework of what you want the day to be like Mm -hmm. and let her experiment with it on a weekly basis or however much, but to see what works best for both of them. It might take a few weeks to solidify this. Remember, Joseph might need a preferred task first thing in order to ease him in. Right. And math might not be a preferred task. So... You might need to start off with something that he really wants to do and then ease him into the math. So they're really into Go Noodle right now. And they like to do a Go Noodle. I don't know if you guys know what Go Noodle is. No, I don't know. So basically Go Noodle is like they have meditation ones, but they have like these exercise ones and they're from five to seven minutes long. And it's usually like doing a dance and then they have a timer on it. And so it's like you're doing these exercises or these dances for this time period. Perfect. I love it. And then it's telling you like, okay, now it's time to get ready to do whatever you're going to do next. Yeah, that's great. I would start with those. Do it. Start with a go noodle. And then I think I'm going to start with math just to see how it goes in the beginning. Yeah. And then, I mean, like as a teacher, normally what comes after math? A break. And then you do reading and writing. Okay. Another break. And then that third one is going to be, you know, it's specific to curriculum, but are they doing some science this week? Are they doing some social studies this week? Are they doing some art or whatever their curriculum includes? Okay. But every day it should be like math break, reading, writing break, and then either science, social studies, art. They should have math and reading and writing every day. Okay. And then the break could be either a snack or around or watch a video. Yeah. Or go on a walk or, you know, anything. Okay. Something that involves movement yeah. that they have to move from one room to another. I don't know that I would do a video in between. You want to facilitate it, I guess, with the mindset of like, what would they be doing in a break at school? And they'd be outside mm-hmm. having a snack. So, and a break should be 15 to 20 minutes long. Yeah. That includes going to the bathroom. Okay. Maybe you specify that on their schedule. Yeah. And I think because you also have a teacher to facilitate this, this is not one of those, they run to mom every other second. They're in school. Yes. Are you still working from home or are you planning to go into the office? I'm going to plan to leave. Good. Again, like I said, I fired myself from being the teacher. Right. I'm going to plan on leaving just so that it separates it. I think it's a really good idea. And I know a lot of parents don't have that luxury. Yeah. So I think that it's good to have the schedule and talk about the physical space um, because I think everyone will benefit. Yeah. Because right now it's kind of like, hey, get this, do this. And this is what we may or may not be doing. I think it's the may or may not that have parents like freaking out. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. So then your next question was about emails, right? Yes. Then that leads us into the next question. Should the kids have their own emails and should the parents have like the parent email that it's connected to the kids' emails? Can you talk a little bit about what you're envisioning they would use the emails for? I think there's going to be a lot of emails that come through. 
And knowing that from the spring, there were so many emails that came through that it was like dizzying. Yes. And it got to a point where I was just was forwarding emails to Anne like she was, you know, like she was, <laughs> she was an adult. Yeah. <laughs> she was an adult. And I would put something on here like need to be completed by this date. And I was like, yeah, she's seven. She's your little employee. Here's what I suggest. I suggest creating a family email that everybody has the password to, including the teacher. And that will just be the school email. And I do think Anne should probably have her own email address because where I happen to know you're getting the curriculum from, there's going to be some back and forth with teachers. And this is a good opportunity for her to practice writing emails and speaking up for herself. It's going to be a lot of emojis. She's the emoji queen of America, and I'm sure every seven-year-old girl is. They'll appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. She's at an age where she can start doing that. Could you imagine saying that 10 years ago? We're at an age where a seven-year-old needs her own email address. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you want to make it a semi-professional at Gmail. Yep. Right. Just their name. Nothing silly or cutesy. Let's just start them off on a good track. And also there's a lot of responsibility that comes with email. So, and I actually like that we're doing it this young for her because I know her, but you want to teach healthy email habits. Uh huh. So on her schedule, there needs to be a time where she checks and responds to emails. That needs to be something, look at your face, that <laughs> needs to be something that we train her is something that you need to do every day. Yep. And get Gmail. I'm going to do that. Yeah, get Gmail. We've had discussions. Because <laughs> I can see everything. Like on the, you know, they're just my tentacles and I'm the active. Right, right. <laughs> that brings me into the next subject is... Games, I know there's a whole episode on games, but games for the kids to do, like if it's raining outside or if someone's done with something, you know? I mean, you know how I feel about having games that are subject related, especially for Joseph doing the sight words and stuff like that. But when it's raining, because you happen to live in a place where it rains a lot, I would get games that have physical movement. So that's Twister. The floor is lava. The The floor floor is lava, lava. yeah. Or there's... I gotta watch that. That one game, I don't own it, but it's like throw, throw burrito or something, and they have to throw and run after it or something. (laughs) There's some of those silly games where they're going to have to run around and do things, and that's what you're going to want. Done. And we'll go link back to the episode on games because... You're going to have a lot of parents buying a lot of games. Okay. I'm adding it right now. (laughs) I'm your number one fangirl, I think. (laughs) Because I do it also with my employees, the executive function of my employees. And then the next thing is after school activities, like how to keep the kids social. The kids are going to be doing more one-on-one learning. So they don't need to do the whole school day, right? Right. It should be a shorter amount of time than school is normally. And I I don't think parents understand that because they still need to work also. Right. And then what does that look like as a family? But also like kids still need to play soccer. What after school activities while they can 
should we be doing? It's hard to say because what they're able to do today doesn't mean that next month they're going to be allowed to do it because there's social distancing rules and things like that. But I know some kids that are doing virtual soccer practice. They have a soccer ball at home and they get one of those little pop-up nets from Amazon and practice there. It would be fun to do some art stuff. And I know they have art stuff online that I've heard about. And there might be classes that some of the local places are doing online unless they are open. I know that there's a lot of local homeschooling groups that do things together or they know about things that are open or go as a pod or say this is, you know, something really great to do with your kid if it's open. I think you should start by going to the activities that we already know that they enjoy Mm -hmm. and talking to those teachers about what sort of offers they have right now. Because usually you would try soccer or you would try this, especially with the younger one, but there's not going to be any trying. Right. I just want to reiterate, their day isn't going to be as full as it would be if they were in school from eight to three. Yeah. And then getting a half hour break as you drive them to the next activity. Mm -hmm. There's going to be more chunks of free time that they are going to have to fill, which by the way, one of the things that I've really noticed as an educational therapist and a teacher before that is that kids don't know how to spend their free time. It's very disorienting for them when they're not told what the next thing to do is. And it's actually really important for adult life to figure out for yourself what your next offers are. And it's okay for kids to be bored sometimes too. Because that's where creativity will come into play. Right. So just a reminder that, you know, there's going to be more chunks of unstructured time than they're used to. And you're used to. We didn't talk about this because I have a curriculum and like the homeschool people. Right. They're either buying a curriculum or they're using a curriculum, you know, that they've gotten online or somewhere. And schools have their own curriculum that they're doing too. So it's just kind of like follow the curriculum that you have chosen and purchased. Yes. Because they know what they're doing. That's why you paid them. Right. We can amend, supplement, iterate it as we go forward. But for right now, trust the curriculum that you purchase because you're not an expert on curriculum for your kids. No. And I think that's what a lot of parents are afraid of is that their kids are going to fall behind or the curriculum's not enough. Everybody is going to be behind. Mm-hmm. Parents who have the luxury of being able to do this for their kids, they're not going to fall behind as much as somebody whose family doesn't have internet access consistently. Mm-hmm. All this is really going to do is unfortunately increase the achievement gap between kids who have and kids who don't have. Mm-hmm. Kids who have are going to be fine. Your kids are going to be fine. Maybe I just needed to hear that from you guys, that they're going to be fine. (laughs) Yeah, they will. They're going to be fine. Because you know what? As parents, I think we need to hear our our kids are going to be fine. You're going to be fine, parents, because mostly all I did was send other moms names of me. You know, the house was just such a disaster area. Yeah. I woke up sleeping on a Lego. Like I slept (laughs) all night on a Lego. It was actually indented in my back and I actually slept on it. And I didn't care because I was so tired. (laughs) One step at a time, Mary. 
It's going to be another adjustment into this, but it will regulate itself. It will. Yeah. The last thing I want to make sure that we talk about is having the teacher report to you. Yeah. I want that to be something that is set up and structured. And on a drumbeat. And on a drumbeat. And maybe that's a Friday afternoon. She writes an email. However you want it reported to you about what she's noticing in terms of their academic progress and also what she's noticing emotionally with them. Mm -hmm. Is there a subject that they're really avoiding and hating? Do we need to switch something up? I don't want you to constantly be the one seeking out information. I want you to set it up from the beginning that the information is going to get reported to you, just like we do with our teams. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, is there a form that you guys use that you could also link in your show show notes? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're so good at the forms, Mary. I'm sure you're going to be able to come up with something. But honestly, you could truly go online and get a template of sort of what the progress is. It's progress monitoring. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll make a Trello board and invite her to it. There you go. Because my concern is that... You don't want me freaking out. I want you knowing that there's a designated time for you guys to talk Mm -hmm. and sort of facilitating it. So maybe halfway through the week, every week, she ends 15 minutes early and she calls you at 1245 or whatever it is. Right. Whatever makes sense to you. And if you're doing a pod with other families... Maybe just have a progress report like you did, like when they were kids and you dropped them off at daycare. Yes. Like, yeah. Did great at math today. Hated reading today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Totally. And then parents can see how hard that was to do as a preschool teacher. Yeah. For every kid. Believe me, we love teachers right now. <laughs> <laughs> so does that answer all your questions? I'm sure I'll have more, but it gives me the framework and I think it hopefully it helps other parents give them the framework that they need right? in order to feel like it's going to be fine because right now everyone's panicking and now I feel less panicked. I feel like I have a plan in place. Good. Somewhere in your house, maybe you take with lipstick. I just want you to write somewhere as a note and a reminder to yourself, cognitive flexibility. I'm going to get that tattooed on my hand. Okay. <laughs> and every time I wash my hand, it's yeah, going to be like, gonna look. flexibility. Flexibility. <laughs> so I'm glad to hear that it makes you feel more calm, more in control. And you have us. Yeah. I know. And so does the world. Thank you. <laughs> Hopefully they're listening to your podcast. And remember, they can hire us too. We are both available. (laughs) (laughs) Or if anyone wants to come on the podcast. There you go. Or if anybody wants to come on the podcast to talk this through or do a coaching call. You know, our teams are working nationally at this point. Yep. So we're here for you. We're here to support in whatever way your family needs at the moment. You will all get through this. You guys are so supportive right now. It's amazing. So thank you guys for all that you do. It's super important. I forward it on to parents all the time. They're like, I don't know what to do about this. I'm like, oh, let me find the podcast. And then I share it. And they're like, oh, we Thanks. know you do it. Thank you. <laughs> You're our biggest connector for the podcast. Thanks for all the love, Mary. And we love you. Yeah, we love you. Thanks for coming on. I love you guys too. Say have a great week, Smarties. Oh, have a great week, Smarties. 